Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to Money Roots, the podcast where personal finance gets personal. Hosted by Amy Irvine, the CEO of Rooted Planning Group. Each week, Amy and her team dig deep into the world of finance, making it more approachable and understandable for everyone, no matter where you are on your financial journey. From savings and investments to budgeting and planning, Money Roots brings you practical advice, inspiring stories, and expert insights. They believe that everyone has the potential to grow a healthy financial future, and they're here to help you nurture it. So whether you're a financial guru or just starting to plant the seeds of your financial knowledge, this is the place for you. Get ready to uncover the tools and strategies that can help you thrive financially. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode of Money Roots. Hello, thanks for joining us today. You're hearing a little different voice than usual. My name is Kate Welker. I'm one of the financial planners at Rooted Planning Group. And while I have been on the podcast many times as a guest, this is my first time being solo on the podcast for a topic this month, giving Amy a little bit of a break and letting us all take some different topics and let you hear a different perspective. So through the month of February, you'll be hearing us talk a little bit more about relationships. Um, I think Valentine's Day coming up, people see commercial and things about love and relationships. And we're focusing on communication and money and finances and how that all ties together. And today I wanted to talk to everyone about your children and talking about money and teaching good money skills. So I really feel like one of the strongest ways you can show love to your children is by teaching them life skills, one of which can be money. Money is something that everyone is going to need to be able to deal with. And it is not an intuitive skill. It doesn't come natural. And it takes time and exposure um, and just experiences um, with money and management of money and things you can do. So as we go on, I'm going to talk a little bit about some experiences in my own life and uh, how I was raised and learned to learn more about money and finances. And I'll also share a little bit about what I've been doing with my own children. By no way is it perfect advice. This is a little bit of trial and error and putting things together, but I've watched my kids develop some money management skills that I'm kind of proud of where they're at. We still have a long way to go, but we're working on it and learning talking to a lot of other people and always welcome to hear uh, tips and advice from other um, other clients and listeners as well. So one thing that has kind of driven my passion in this topic as well is things that I've seen and have concerned me about money skills as people age. A very vivid experience for me was helping at a nonprofit event that had a souvenir stand set up. And they'd asked if I would work the souvenir stand for the day. And they had a lot of kids coming in ranging. I think it was 
we'll say third through seventh grade range. Not sure exactly looking back on it now, but at about upper elementary, middle school ages at this event. And it just struck me throughout the day how many children would come up asking to buy something, having no concept of sums of money. So for example, they might see that a sweatshirt was $40 and they'd have $2 and say, can I buy that? They would just say, hey, they'd hand me a, literally just hand me a pile of money and and throw it at me and say, how much do I have? And I'd count it for them and tell them. They're like, all right, what can I buy with it? And it wasn't one or two. It was just child after child. And then this has continued. I work with a couple organizations that work with a lot of kids and just from my own exposure. So part of it's not understanding that and then seeing teenagers and young adults and continuing to work with people that sometimes will share with us, I just never had exposure to money skills and I've been trying to learn them and I'm lost and I don't know what to do and made mistakes along the way and now they're trying to improve it. So starting young and what are things from here that you can do with children in your life to help teach them some money skills? I would start by saying that as kids are young, start conversations. I am a big proponent of talking about money. Money seems to be a taboo subject for so many people and we like to avoid conversations, but you need to be exposed to it and hear these conversations to understand how it's used and what it does. So communications and the other thing we'll talk about are skills and increasing skills. And all along the way, tying it to age appropriateness. So obviously, you're going to understand, and if it's your children, your child, what they are ready for over time, because not, you know, one eight-year-old may be able to do this, another one won't. So just understanding your child and the topics that are age appropriate. For myself growing up, I was in a household that my parents would talk about money pretty openly with us, whether it was um, never a, like, hey, we don't have enough money. It was just more we'd talk about, hey, we're going on vacation. We've planned money to do and fund to do this event, but maybe we just don't have enough set aside to do this event today. Or we would talk about something in the household and they would share with me what it costs, whether it was a house repair, a household repair, or um, or we put in a pool in the top to bottom, what it costs to come in and have someone level the ground and take that out and put the pool in. Um, And it was just a a, a very nice above ground pool. And then we had to build the deck around it. So again, just being aware of expenses, going to the grocery store and looking at the bill, watching um, my mom pay for it and then pull out her check register. And as she's putting the information in saying, hey, do you know what this is? Do you know why we have a check register and why we would record it? And then um, I can also remember a few times that she would sit down at the table to do the reconciliation at the end of the month and walk us through like, hey, I'm going to balance the checkbook just kind of casually, but then tell us what it was. I get a, a ton of experiences as I was growing up that it was just part of the conversation. Um, never, never to be a burden to us, um, never to brag to us. It was just um, limited information that was appropriate, but conversations. So we started having awareness of what that meant. And then on my side, I was encouraged to have a part-time job and have money management from you know a young teenager age. And then personal expenses would be mine to manage and just start having cash on hand to work through that. How much is coming in? What do you have? How much is left? Slowly having my own bills. Um, I will date myself a little bit in that my college years, cell phones 
were more um, of a modern <laughs> development and convenience for people to have. You did not get added to a family plan. Everybody had their own individual plans. So I can remember being so excited that I wanted to have my own cell phone and I had to go out and find my own cell phone plan and take care of it because that's just the way plans were in those days. So um, that was one of my first responsibilities. So I, I'm really thankful for those conversations as time went on because it did allow me to feel like I had a good sense of money management. And as I had kids and thinking back to these experiences, I wanted to make sure that it was something that we brought up as well. So things that we have been doing with with our family were, again, conversations. Um, when we are, I can remember distinctly one day we were you know, driving in the car and a, a, a comment came up about someone had made $100. And I remember you know, my son just saying, you've got $100. And we kind of chuckled and talked about, yes, but let's talk about how far that $100 goes. So for you, if you got it, you're going to go buy toys. And um, this is probably before he was even into video games, toys. It would have been toys and Legos. Um, but for us, it doesn't go very far just because we have bills and they they add up to a lot more than that. So that's what we need to do. And there's been iterations of that over time of they'll hear some sum of money that's come in. And when they were young, they don't have a concept. They don't need to know it. But as they've aged we have chosen to share more information about what it costs to run a household because I think that it just helps their framework. And again, never never to burden them, but just sometimes we'll share like when we're changing um, internet or cable providers, we'll talk about this is what it was, this is what we were paying and this were the services we got and we've made a decision to change here for these reasons or streaming services. They, if you're like our household, I feel like streaming services easily pop up and you add it for one thing or another. And um, I try to be diligent about staying on top of that and canceling things we don't need or use. And sometimes they'll ask me and I'll just tell them um, these were the expenses that went along with it. So again, just communication and trying to find little ways to integrate that for a sense of understanding about um, finances and, and expenses and just how far money goes in a bigger scheme. The other thing that we've done is I um, really encourage children to have exposure to money and cash money. The reason I say this is that um, our money system doesn't intuitively click in your brain with value. So a paper dollar, um, a plastic card, it, it, there's a difference there in in where the money is coming for, what it feels from. So starting with money and explaining that, hey, this is a piece of paper I'm giving you, it's a dollar, you can use this to buy an item, is a tangible thing they can feel. So coins, dollars, different things like that. Letting them go to a store and as you're paying for items, let them hand the money over and it starts in the brain to associate, I want a product, I need to give you something in exchange that um, when they're young, they're likely not earning anything, but it's came in or they're watching you exchange it. I find that um, for convenience, I use my credit card for every, pretty much every purchase I make. I use a credit card and that plastic does not connect in kids' brains. Um, I remember my brother at one point when we were kids wanting something and there was quite an age gap. So I was older and understood um, how money and credit worked and uh, he was frustrated at the store, wanted something and he he just went, well, use that plastic thing. That'll just get you everything you need. So immediately my parents were like, oops, slow down. We need to have a discussion about what a credit card is, how it's tied to your, um, how it's tied to your bank account and what that looks like. So using tangible money, coins, dollars, um, items like that to just get a sense of exchange. I want a good, I need to give you money in exchange for that. And then again, as they age and have more responsibility or knowledge and um 
brain development tying their funds to their purchases. So whether you choose to do a system of reward, you know, work for your money, or you choose to just give a flat allowance of this is the amount of money that you have for the month to pay for your items. Again, it starts recognizing that sense of this is what I have available. This is what I want. If it's not available, I can't get it. It starts to teach that budgeting skill, money management, recognition of limited resources. The other thing when we we tie too much a lot to credit cards, it is that unlimited resource of the the sensation that they're not seeing the account value diminish because they're not looking at a statement. So when you have cash in your pocket and you had $10 and you bought things, now you have $2 left, um, understanding that I don't have as much now. Also experiencing the feelings along with money. So money has a lot of emotion tied to it. One thing that I think I would imagine every person has experienced is buyer's remorse. You go and buy something because it sounded fun at the time and then the next day or maybe five minutes later, you realize you didn't really need that item. Um, You feel like you wasted your money, you changed your mind. Those are very big feelings potentially, but I also think they're healthy feelings to start to experience on a smaller scale because again, it's going to teach the value the value of your money and where you're spending it and how you want to be spending your money. So I can think of a few times that my kids have gone and bought something and then they're like, eh, I really didn't want that. And I can distinctly remember one time, one of my children um, buying something that could not be returned. I don't remember the item now and just telling me the next day, well, I don't want it anymore. Can you just give me the money back? And I was like, no, that's not that's not the way that works. And they were quite upset with it. And um, it, it was just a good life lesson. But again, on a, on a small scale to do that. Something else when they were especially younger is I, just a fun hobby of mine, I like to save change for bigger things. Um, so if, and it's harder when we don't use as much cash, but when I'm using cash and I've got pocket change, I throw it all in my change bucket and we collect it. And generally I'll save it and use it um, before we go on vacation and we'll just turn it into pocket money for something fun on vacation. So if you actually look back in our archives, um, one of my blog posts, probably from 2018 or 2019, there's a picture of a pile of coins um, and it was from my kitchen floor with my kids' hands in it. And we had dumped out the change bucket and started counting out the change for two reasons. One, again, I want exposure. I want exposure to coins and value. So, you know, 10 pennies is a dime. We need 100 to equal a dollar. Four quarters is a dollar. Just those general math and money skills. And um, also, it's kind of fun to just take a pile of coins and put your hands in and play with them. Um, feel a little bit like, uh, you know, I think a Scrooge McDuck digging in his pile, pile of money. But stacking that out and then totaling it all up and saying, what do we have? Um, and then having the discussion about, well, what fun thing are we going to use this for on on vacation? So helping to kind of direct some conversations that way. Um, I, I talked a little bit about buyer's remorse and mistakes. The other thing I would say is, is just allow your children to make, um, I'm going to call them reasonable mistakes or guided mistakes. Um, make those Poor purchases. I, I talked about things like buyer's remorse, overpay for something. I'm, I'm just trying to think of any of these small money mistakes that you would make, um, but with guidance so that you are there to protect them from a large mistake. But again, we learn so many things in life from making small mistakes and, and making them when we're um, younger, it's impactful. And while you have some um, monitoring and guidance over that to help you learn to make better decisions in the future. And I think when it's, um, you know, 10, 20, $30 situation and making a mistake, much different to if someone is all of a sudden uh, working their first job and has never managed any money. And now we have thousands of dollars on the table to make mistakes with that become much more costly. So allow your, allow your kids to have a little more control and make mistakes. 
Moving on as they age, this is where things become um, a little bit different and more responsibilities. So having a bank account for them, letting them open an account and have a savings component that they can see the amount of money they choose to set aside to save and grow over time. It also will start teaching them about interest on accounts and how your money, if you keep it aside, can earn. It's exciting. I I remember when I was a kid, I got, you used to have um, accounts called Passbook Savings Accounts and it was this little tiny black book. I can still picture it. And I went to the bank and we made a deposit and they stamped my book with my amount. And then um, just being so excited when I had a little extra um, change for pocket money from whatever to ask if I could go to the bank and put it in there and have them stamp my book and see the balance go up uh, over time. So that was very exciting for me to do that. Now it would be getting statements or looking online, but seeing your money save and grow and think about what what do I want? What do I want to save that for? There are some really, really wonderful kids accounts now coming out through banks. Um, our, our local credit union has one that with um, a minor account, so under 18, they open it and it, it splits their money up into um, save, spend, and goal. So they have a saving a savings account, they have a spending account, and then the goal account is is more a kind of like a CD. It locks the money up a little bit more, but lets them save up for larger purchases. So this is something um, we've actually just recently opened these new accounts for my children now that they're a little bit older. And we're starting to have discussions about maybe we move some of their older long-term savings to these accounts that they can see now um, and target for things like cars. If, if they want to save for a car, um, college is is on the horizon. Even, you know, the next video game, my my son's a big gamer and he knows what's coming up in August. So he might say like, hey, I know I need this much money this summer. How do I, how am I going to save for that and set it aside? Uh, and then the last thing that is new to our household, this has been a big step for me, is now starting to introduce the plastic. I'll call it plastic, even though um, credit cards, uh, debit cards, and now moving into Apple Pay and digital payment systems as well. I, I, I think you've probably heard that I'm a big fan of paper money and managing paper um, currency, having currency on hand to just feel real. But we are a changing world and society and things are digital. So um, my my children are a little bit older now. They are 12 and um, just turned 15, very responsible and have proven to be responsible with money. And we have decided that for convenience, honestly, more my convenience than anything else is that they do need to have um, a debit card to be able to make purchases and start having accounts to use in that way. And part of it was I just want them to have the skills of understanding that you have an account online, you have a card that you can make transactions with, and you need to be responsible for making a purchase, tracking your balance. If you overdraft your account, you now have an overdraft fee that you need to be responsible for paying and keeping up with. Also, the responsibility that comes with protecting your card, protecting your information, not losing it, um, skills we all use as adults every day. So a little bit of practice management. So this is, again, very new within the last couple of weeks. Ask me in six months, I'll tell you how it's going. But there have been, um, it's been fun for me. Great conversations coming out of it, downloading the um, apps to their phone for their new bank accounts, asking how to create credentials. We've talked about internet security as we've gone through that with a secure password, who you share it with, who you don't share it with, um, where accounts, what's a transfer? Like they just saw the word transfer. What's a transfer mean? Uh, what's a deposit? We've talked about putting money into the bank, but seeing the word on their account deposit, what's a deposit? Okay, well, how do how do I deposit money? Um, my daughter asked me, uh, mom, how, how do I put money on here? I was like, what do you mean? You have money in your account, the money in your account. Well, how do I, how do I put cash? on my 
And it was because she'd had some savings of her own um, cash money. And she just thinks having a debit card is the coolest thing ever. And she wanted to put it, she wanted to be able to use her card. So I was explaining that she had to deposit it into the bank and then it would be available funds to be able to use. So a lot of terminology that we are um, probably have used before, but really introducing and it makes sense to them now because it's applicable to them now. It's not a term that's just, you know, mom's talking money again. They do hear it from me a lot. So there's a lot, I'm sure they tune out, but now it's it's real. Um, so deposits and transfers have become terminology. We've talked about available balance versus actual balance and discussing about when you open your bank account and you're tracking it, it might say you have, I'm using small numbers, but $25, but you'd spent, you went and bought pizza and it's, it cost $8. So you really don't have that much. Um, is it pending? It's going to show you what it hasn't cleared yet. So um, discussing available bandit, available balance, what a pending transaction is, how things clear. So constantly changing and trying to keep up with uh, moving technology, teaching them skills they'll need. Like I said, what I've done is by no means um, perfect. It's just been our experience. And I've talked to a lot of other uh, people in my life who've raised children who seem to have pretty good sense of money on their shoulders and asking for tips and advice. So hopefully by hearing a little bit of that, it's encouraging that if you have children or um, young people in your life that need to learn a little bit more about money skills, it, it's just watch, watching and demonstrating, just like a lot of things in life, apprenticeships and training, demonstrating a behavior and um, hoping that they're listening, paying attention, watching you know, the good, the bad, keeping it age appropriate um, and encouraging over time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to um, like and subscribe our podcast and share it with your friends so more people can hear more information. And if you have more questions on Rooted Planning Group or the services we offer, you can go to rootedpg.com to learn more. You've been listening to Money Roots, your go-to podcast for making personal finance accessible and approachable. Thanks for joining us today. Amy and her team have enjoyed guiding you through the roots of your financial journey. Remember, whether you're planting new seeds of financial knowledge or nurturing the growth of your existing financial plans, Money Roots is here to support you every step of the way. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and visit our website at www.rootedpg.com backslash podcasts for more resources. And of course, subscribe to Money Roots wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. A big thank you to the sponsor, Rooted Planning Group, for making this show possible. At Rooted Planning Group, they're committed to helping you cultivate a thriving financial future. Until next time, keep growing your money roots.